Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Jesus' precious name, gospel said the big amen. Would you jam this hands together and celebrate Jesus? know God knows what he's doing he knows what he's doing sometimes our lives this is G may not look like it look around our lives it looks as though everything is going upside down we're facing challenges you can switch it off now facing challenges and we're thinking is God against me is God against me he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Faithful you are. Faithful forever you'll be. Faithful you are. In the song. All your promises are yes and amen. Hit the key. You know the song? Faithful you are. Who knows the song? All your promises are yes. Let me teach you. It's very simple. Faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be. All your promises are yes and amen. Oh, all your promises are yes and amen. Come and sing it together now. Want to go? Faithful, you are faithful forever. You be a faithful. You are all your promises. Yes, name Oh, all your promises. This promise is never change. Never. His thoughts concerning you. I said one day in church, I said there was a day I made a very terrible mistake and I was very sober. And I cried and I cried and I said, Lord, I've missed it. I've messed up. And I began to plead with him. I said, Lord, please don't change your mind about me. And the Lord says, why do you think 
I'm going to change my mind about you. Why do you think I'm not going to use you anymore? And I said, because of this wrong thing I have done. And the Lord says, you had not done anything right when I chose to use you. I didn't choose you because you did anything right. I chose you because I chose you. John chapter 14 says, I have chosen you. You didn't choose me. And out of 7.7 billion people on the face of the earth, he chose you. He chose you to be a son, chose you to be a daughter. I don't, I don't know how you feel this morning, but he's a good father. And all things will work together for good. And is that, isn't that possible? That's his promise. Everything, everything, all this pain, all this anxiety, everything will make sense. In the long run, all the stains of your life, it will put together and build a beautiful painting with it. I've made mistakes in my life that I thought, was it God that told me to make that mistake? I don't know if you heard when I shared testimony before I went to sleep in a lady's house. Have you had this testimony before? Let me see your hands. You know my testimony, my stories are everywhere. I went to sleep in a girl's house. Pastor Philip. Brother Philip. Man of God. Anointed with the Holy Ghost. Tongue speaking, tongue talking. Holy Ghost baptized. Fire. I was in the girl's house overnight. And I said, Lord, I'm done. And I suffered for it suffer the consequences because even though God forgives you, the consequences can still come. So I went through the pain. But in the end, they pushed me from that church. When they pushed me from that church, the church they pursued me to, Jesus, I became mighty. People said, where have you been? They asked me to lead a choir. The choir was 25 when they asked me to lead it. By the time I handed over that choir after one year, it was over 300. The power of God was strong. I now said, Lord, are you the one that said I should go and sleep in that sister's house? Because they would not have pursued me from that church. That church was about 25, 30, the whole of the church. And imagine me leading a choir of about 300. I mean, if my choir is to stab on the stage, it takes us two hours to arrange on the stage. You give the choir a chance to sing. You give them two hours for arrangement. One by one. And we don't rush. We are harming a soldier in the army of the Lord. So he knows how to take your painful past. Your past mistakes. If you submit it to him and say, Lord, see my mistakes. He said, give it to me. Give it to me. He takes the canvas of your life that has been stained. It just has a little color here, a little color there. Click on. Before you open your eyes, there's a beautiful painting. That's why the Bible says, all things work together for good. Even your mistakes. In the long run, you start wondering, did he make me make those mistakes? Is that good? Hallelujah. He loves you. He loves you eternally. I don't know if you're here this morning and you're looking, Pastor Philip, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how far I've gone, how terrible I've been. I want you to know that God knows. And he made preparations for it. When Adam sinned, he was not shocked. The Bible says he had slain Jesus before the foundation of the world. So he saw the possibility of Adam falling and he made preparations for it. So whatever mistakes you made, all your life is written in this book. He knows what you're going to do. He has a foreknowledge of it. And if you come to him and you give him your life this morning, he would make it beautiful. He would make it so beautiful, you'll be so proud of your mistakes. Your scars will add to the beauty of your life. And your scars will become a lesson for the generations coming. 
for those who have made mistakes that God has not given up on you and for those who have not made mistakes not to make the mistakes because you've made it your hindsight becomes your foresight don't waste your pain somebody may learn from it do you understand what I'm saying so he loves us he loves us unconditionally I've made my mistakes terrible ones someone say Pastor, you have not made any mistake which mistake do you make let me show you my mistake <laughs> you know you see real mistake mistake that they make with Bairo you're always personal you just use that to resist it. My own is by ink. God can make out of your life a beautiful picture. We started learning in the first service on overcoming selfishness. And I said a lot that God loves us. He loves us unconditionally. I've said that over and over. Please let it stick in your mind that God loves you unconditionally. And that's why you must understand that no matter what you're going through, let it not question your love for God or God's love for you. Satan comes to place a doubt in your heart. Does God love you? If God loves you, then why did you fail your exams? How many of you have failed an exam before? Let me see your hands. Sincerely. How many of you thought that why did God make me fail these exams? Yeah. How many of you have lost your phone before? How many of you thought that what was God looking when I lost my phone? I paid my tithes. Don't let the enemy come and creep in on you and cause you to doubt God's love for you. If your love for God or God's love for you is inched on external things that happen around you, is that where people are good to you or things are nice, that's when you, God loves you then you will remain bitter all your life because whether you like it or not, you will have problems. Whether you like it or not, there are mad people on the streets. They will rob you on the wrong way. Do you know that? No matter how gentle you are, somebody will still come and bash you. Dog can even bite you. That's how life is. So you must, if, if you allow yourself to judge God's love for you based on things that happen around you, then you will never be happy. Because consistently, you have things to sorrow about. God loves you unconditionally. I've said a lot about that. I want to go over it. So I started talking about the fact that pride, whether inferiority or non-inferiority, is pride. Pride, I, is the center. Is the source of all strife. Every kind of offense is caused by pride. Everybody that works in an offense, everyone that works in an offense is working an offense because of pride. And we read that from, the, from Proverbs. Proverbs 13, verse 10. That only by pride does strife come. If you are not proud, then strife will not find a place in your heart. Confirm scripture. Nothing can change that. So I started saying that pride in itself is in two ways. Like a stick, two ends. It's either you are there arrogant, thinking that you are better than every other person. Or you are here inferior, thinking that you are the scum of the earth. Both ends, pride. Pride that you are arrogant. Pride that you are inferior. It's pride. To think that you're inferior is pride. To think that you are lower than what God calls you is pride. To think that you are higher than what God calls you is pride. To accept what God has called you is humility. So if God says, you are my righteousness, that's humility. To say, Lord, I am your righteousness. God says, you are my son. I say, Lord, I'm your son. I don't feel like one, but just what says I am. And I am who you say I am. That's humility. It is humility to accept what God says about you. It is pride to reject it. So when I say God says you are the righteous of God, you can say, no, I'm not righteous. That's pride. Because you think that you have to earn your own righteousness. That's pride. It's pride to think that you have to earn this thing by yourself. You know people come to sing in church. They say, come and sing. They say, no, please. Um, my voice is not really nice. Um, please just hear the words. Don't listen to the voice. And it's that. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound the same. 
said you couldn't sing. Please go. Pride. Pride. If they really can't sing, you meet them in the shopping mall and say, you, without your frog voice, you see how they are going to react. If they were really thinking they didn't have a voice, they would not be angry, but they'll be very angry. It's pride. In the book of Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. If you can help me with it very, very quickly. Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. I know you guys don't read the Old Testament anymore, so let's take you there. Numbers chapter 12. I mean, if I've read the book of Numbers. <laughs> Numbers chapter 12 says, Now the man Moses. Did you see that? Did you see that? Now the man Moses was very meek. The Bible says he was meek above all men which were upon the earth. The man Moses was the meekest man upon the earth. The most gentle man. We don't know how many people were on the earth, but we know that Israel was about 3 million. So let's assume, give or take. Maybe there were other 200 million all over there. Maybe 203 million all over the whole earth. The Bible says Moses is the meekest of all men. Guess who wrote it? Moses. I'm the meekest of all men. <laughs> Moses says Moses is the meekest of all men. But that's, that's it. He's the meekest. God says you are the meekest. I accept. I'm the meekest. It's not humility to reject what God calls you. It is pride not. I'm the meekest of all men. <laughs> that's it. Look at John the Beloved. John the Beloved kept calling himself John the Beloved. John the Beloved. Throughout the book of John. John the Beloved. Do you know that it was only in the book of John that John was referred to as John the Beloved? Only the book of John. Only the book of John. Matthew didn't say it was John the Beloved. Luke didn't say it was John the Beloved. Mark didn't say it was John the Beloved. Only John says he was John the Beloved. And we say over and over, and that disciple whom the master loves, and that disciple whom the master loves, that disciple upon whose bosom the master rests, John the Beloved, John the Beloved. He decided to write that he was the Beloved, and the Holy Ghost accepted that it be inserted in scriptures because you are who God says you are. It is not pride to accept what God calls you. When God called me to pastor, I said, I can't pastor, I said, that's pride. It's pride. Some of you think it's humility to turn God down. I said, I'm just a worm. Me, I'm a worm. God says, shut up. I died for you. So when I go to God in prayer, you think it's humility. God, I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing. I'm a dead without you. I'm flayed. God says, shut up. Don't pray like that. Instead, pray like this. With you, I can do all things. With you, I scale to the wall. With you, I can run through a troop. With you, there's nothing impossible for me. With you. Come to God and be thinking that it's by coming. Bible says, come boldly that you might obtain grace. Time of, even though you are coming for grace, you are still coming boldly, not beggarly. Pride. I, I, me, I, self concert, self centered, self. I said the first service that selfishness is the enemy of love, not hate. Love hates. I've seen love hates. I've seen love hates. I love Nigeria. I hate the leadership. I hate this leadership. Hate a useless leadership that thinks of all everything else but the betterment of the nation. I hate that kind of leadership. Hate in this is love. Hate loves. Love hates. So we love this country. Some people have run away. Jackpa, jackpa, jackpa. 
is wrong. And some of you, you should have known Jaguar because there's no opportunity. <laughs> Don't tell us you love Nigeria. <laughs> Any small, eh? Belgium, Bulgaria. <laughs> love, hates. So pride puts everything all about you. It's you. It's you all around you. It's you. You must earn it. So every kind of offense, every kind of thing is built on pride. Let's open to the scripture. I'm going to show you some scriptures this morning. It's going to bless you. Philippians chapter 2 verse 1. Philippians chapter 2 verse 1. This is the scriptures about Jesus. And we're going to read this through gradually from verse 1 to verse 7. If you have NLT, I will need you. If you have CV, common, um, contemporary English version, I will need you this morning. Um, if you have um, passions, 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 I will need you. Philippians chapter 2. Let me start. From verse 1. The Bible says, Therefore, if there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded above the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition. Who has passions? Verse 3. What does it say? Be free from prideful opinions. Yes? They will only harm unity. Prideful opinions, my own, is my own that I know. My idea that would work. He said to do harm, unity. Continue. Don't allow self-promotion, promoting yourself above every other person. Pro promoting your own ideas in the group, in the team, whatever you're working, in your family. You, you, it's not your idea that, that's the best idea. He said don't allow promoting yourself be in your heart. Continue. In authentic humility, Put others first. So stay there. We're coming back. Put others first. In authentic humility. How do we know? Put others first. You have been selfless. It's not about you. You put others first. You put others first. It's not you. It's not what benefits you. It's not what concerns you. You put others first. That's the first thing. You put others first. Others first. I said yesterday that if two people who love each other unconditionally, desperately, think and put other people first or put the, the, the other spouse first, no matter the attack of Satan, they won't, they won't divorce. Even if their marriage is against the will of God, they won't divorce. Because agreement is stronger than the will of God. I tell you. Do you know that Satan is doing things that are against the will of God? Do you know that? Why is he succeeded to now? His house is not divided. The Bible says, even if Satan is divided, his house will not stand. The reason why Satan is standing is that his house is not divided. Even though he's attacking the kingdom of God, his house is not divided. Why? He's in agreement with his cohorts. So people will love each other. People will put the other persons first. Put the goal of the family first. Instead of selfish ambition, such people will succeed in spite of God's will. This is a very, it's a very powerful statement. It's a very powerful statement. That's why you have Muslims who didn't pray and they are married and they have married for 50 years and you are born again Christian, tongue talking, couldn't, couldn't maintain two months relationship. Two months they are broken up. Say, God, say I should move on. <laughs> God, say my assignment to your life is over. Some people, that, some, people that, some people that want to be very, very manipulative, they will say, You don't deserve me. You deserve. I think. Uh, you, that's a, very, that's a very mad manipulation. 
Say, you don't deserve me. He said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not good enough for you. They want to break up with you. It's me. It's me. It's not you, it's me. I'm the problem. They want to break up with you. Two people who love each other, put each other ahead, would never break up. You see them in church, they come to usher, they say, no, I'm not sitting here. We are arranging the church in a way. He said, I don't care whether the church scatter. I'm going to sit at the back. He said, this is how we sit in this church. They say, no, I have a place that is preferred for me. You put others first. Ushers are facing, not in this church. There's no, uh, ushers are they in this church. Where's the young? Are they in this church? <laughs> that one is not in. Hey, man. Praise the Lord. You know, if you like my t shirts, Pastor Philip Mark now, designed by Major Team. I'm shaking tables. And this is done by Simon. Simon, where are you? Simon, hold your hand. That's Simon. Beautiful. If you want this, very fine. I have it. And he has one too. Beautiful, beautiful. So please see him. Meet him after because your price might be bigger than mine. I'm, 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 just, I'm just rising. So my price might be bigger. His pride. <laughs> All right. If two people love each other, no matter what it is, they will leave each other because they put other person first. If me now, for instance, I always have weird diets. I can't wake up and say, hmm, shrimps, shrimps, shrimps. My wife say, hey, where will we get shrimps? I say, shrimps and plantain and basmati, rice and liver. I say, go and find it. The only body is eating porridge. I say, no, shrimps. Now, if I do that over and over, I will soon wear out because I'm selfish. Selfish people, selfish. They are in the parking lots. Parking lot people say parkers. They say no. We can't park there. Never. It will be too difficult for me to drive out when it's time. There are people that run away from church before service is over so that they can quickly go and drive their car out. It's selfishness. Because if everybody runs out like that, who would the pastor share grace over? <laughs> selfishness. Selfish. One by one, we should be preferring other people. If they say, no, you sit down there. No, you sit down here. No, you sit down. No, 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 you sit down. No, you sit down. No, you sit down. You know, that's exactly how we should be preferring the other person to yourself. We should sing this praise. No, you sing it. No, you sing it. No, you sing it. No, you sing it. I think you are better. No, I think you should do it. That's exactly how we should be. Our hearts should prefer other person. Selfishness is the enemy of love. Enemy of love. And looks around young people. We sang a song in first service. I don't sing that song again. I was singing, ah, pastor. But the truth is that all that we call love in this generation is lost. The selfishness. Selfishness. What you get from the lady. You see the lady with a very big bum bum. You think immediately that, wow, this is good for me. <laughs> Now, you don't think of what investments you can make into that person. You already think of how you can harvest this melon. Want to read? Wait, not so. That's what you're thinking. She comes with the big breasts. You say, ah, oh, more. 
Talo so pe kopo pe. Your mind. That's what you think. Opo. Your heart is thinking of how to harvest this melon. Selfish. Relationships are built on selfishness. How many people come to relationships thinking of what to give to this person? How many people are thinking of how they can contribute to this person's life? How can I make this person better? When God came to me, he came to make my life better. He didn't come to get from me. He came to give to me. So that word, I gave my life to Christ, is pure wrong. You gave your heart to him. He gave you his life. You don't have any life. You're dead. Dead. Bible says, you were dead in sin. He gave you life. And God came. He gave me his life. Are you following me? So love is not selfish. Give me the next verse. GT. Verse 5. Is that where we are? Or verse 4? Verse 4. Let's read Romans 12 verse 10 quickly. Romans 12 verse 10. Romans 12 verse 10. Give me that. I need that passion. Romans 12 verse 10. And while we're there, we'll read verse 4 quickly. We'll come back to verse 4. Romans 12 verse 10. Jesus Christ. My time has gone. Hey. All right. Romans 12 verse 10. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Try to outdo each other in respect and honor. So let's quickly go to Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. If you look at what we're reading in Philippians chapter 2, I'm rushing now. Philippians chapter 2, um, where we read verse 4. Someone should open with verse 4 before we go to Galatians chapter 5. So that why someone's opening Galatians chapter 5, verse 14 for me. Someone's reading Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. So who's reading Philippians chapter 2, verse 4? Philippians 2, 4. Who's reading fast? What does it say? Abandon every display of selfishness, yes? Possess a greater concern for what matters to other people, yes? Instead of your own interest, yes? Consider the example that Jesus. Okay, so we understand that a bit clearly. You keep, you keep others. Then let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. Then we'll read verse 13. But 14, 13. 14, 13. 14, 14, 13. Galatians 5, 14. What does it say? What verse is this? And what does it say? The whole law is summed up in one, this one commandment, yes? Love your neighbor as yourself, yes? Then you go to verse 13 now. So we hear that, that the whole law is what? Achieved, fulfilled in one commandment. Love. The moment you love, you have fulfilled every other commandment. I said that in the beginning, that love is the fulfillment of all commandments. Now what does verse 13 say? For you have been called to live in freedom. You have been called to live in freedom? My brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, yes? Instead, now, use your freedom. God has called us into liberty, but don't use your liberty to satisfy your flesh, your desires, your liberty not to satisfy yourself, but to serve each other. Now, give me verse 13 in passions. Beloved ones, Beloved ones God has called us to live a life of freedom. God has called us to live a life of freedom, yes. But don't view this wonderful freedom. Don't, don't view this wonderful freedom. As an excuse to do what? A base of oppression, yes. As an excuse to set up a base of operation nationally. So look, open to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm going to read this through very fast so that we can just be fast about it. Though I, have, I lost track of time. Alright, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, quickly. Verse 1. Now, all of 1 Corinthians chapter 8 from verse 1 spoke about e eating food 
offered to idols. The Bible says in 1 Peter 8 verse 1 that concerning things offered to idols, we know that we have knowledge. We all, we know that we all have knowledge. We all have knowledge, but knowledge puffs up. It says knowledge makes proud. Give me verse 1 in Passions of 1 Peter 8 verse 1. It says knowledge puffs up, but charity edifies. That means love edifies. Give me, give me that one. Now, let me address, you see, he wants to address the issue of food. Now, let me address the issue of food. You see, this food matter is not today. It's not today. So, if you look at when it says, now, let me address. That means there's been arguments. Should we, should we not, should I wear patrick, should I wear pants, should I wear bra, now, let me address. What does it say? Food offered in sacrifice to idols, yes. Everyone believes his own opinion is right on this matter, yes? How easily are we puffed up over our own opinion? Now, love builds up, love edifies. Now, if you look at verse 2, verse 4, I wish I had time to read this. The Bible says in verse 4, Therefore, concerning eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and there's no other God but God. We know, we know that an idol is nothing. Verse 6 says, For us, there is one God and Father of all things. Verse 7, However, there is not in everyone that knowledge. Not everyone knows this. Not everyone knows this. Some don't, some are so conscious of idols that they will not even eat food offered to idols. They will not eat food offered to idols. Until now, it's a thing offered to idols because their conscience is weak. That's verse 7. Verse 8, Food does not commend us to God. Give me verse 8 in passions. Food does not commend us to go. Verse 8, quickly, passions. Yes? What you eat or not eat will not bring you closer or further from God. Are you listening? What you eat, you are saved by Jesus, not saved by food. Your abstinence from or engagement in does not bring you closer or further from God. Continue. You are not better if you don't eat certain food or and you are not better if you do. So whether you eat or you don't eat doesn't make you better. Give me the next verse quickly. But you must be careful, must be careful that, the that the liberty you have in eating food offered to idols doesn't offend a believer. Continue. For if a believer with a weak conscience sees you who has a greater understanding dining in a shrine would this not be a temptation to violate his conscience continue and eat food that I offer to idols so in effect by exercising your revelation you have ruined the believer because you have liberty because you are free and you have debts. I have debts in God's word. Grace. The grace generation. We are that generation. We are the ones that can do anything. Because of my liberty, because of my freedom, because of my debt in God's word. I have ruined the believer who are the weak conscience. Continue. A brother for whom Christ has A brother that Jesus died for. And when you offend weaker believers by wounding their conscience, when you offend weaker believers by wounding their conscience, in this way, in this way, you also offend the anointed. One. You have offended Christ. Continue. So I conclude. So me, Paul, concluded that what? That if my eating food, if me eating food would offend my brother, 
brother. My brother. And hinders his growth, his advancement, his faith, his work with God. I will never eat again. I will never eat again. <laughs> if what I do, because I'm free to do it, I don't have time. I would have asked us to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and all through. You would see how Paul began to speak that the faith of the other brother is more important than your liberty. The growth of that fellow is more important than your freedom in Christ. I am free. I can do anything. What about if someone else falls? That's love. Love is to hold back on your rights for the sake of someone else. The Bible says love does not insist on his own. First Corinthians 13 verse 5. Love does not insist on his own. That my own must be what I will happen. I was in my former church. I live. I the choir was to sing. And they had agreed that they would not wear belts. You know, ladies have one belt. They call it abortion belt. <laughs> you know the abortion belt? Okay. Go <laughs> All right. You know that belt? How many of you know that belt? They hook it like this. So we have agreed that they are not going to wear belts because some people didn't have. It's not good for some people to climb the stage with belts and some people didn't have it. Of course, some people feel that that belt will bring out their shape. You know, some people come to choir to come and show shape. You have to come to terms with this thing. Some people pick clothes in choir because of their own body size. They know that this kind of lycra um, clothes with body corn will bring out their hips and so the brothers that are not yet sure can begin to make up their minds. So you use the choir and the altar of God as fleshly merchandise. So they are choosing clothes now based on body shape. And my own responsibility that time was to ensure that people adhere to the agreed routine uniform. So they came with belts. And we said, you can't wear this belt. We have said that nobody's wearing belts. She said, no, she has to wear it that she cannot not wear belts. She has to wear a belt. I said, is it the belt of truth? <laughs> remove this belt so that we can sing. She said she would rather not sing if they are going to ask us to remove this belt. I was so sad. I was so sad. You see, we have rights. I promise you we have rights. If you read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and you start from verse 1, I would have loved us to read, like I said, Paul began to speak about his own rights in Christ. He said, is it, he said, is it only Peter and the rest that have the right to leave their job? Because Peter left his job and was eating church. Um, church was fending. Okay, sorry, he didn't eat. Church was taking care of him. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you are there. What does verse 1 say? Am I not completely free and unrestrained? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Am I not an apostle? Am I not an apostle? Of course. Of course, I am. Haven't I had a personal encounter with Jesus? Yes. Face to face. Face to face. And, to and I still see him till now. And practically, yes. Yes. Aren't you all the proof of my ministry in the Lord? Yes. Certainly. If others do not recognize me as their apostle, at least you are bound to do so. Yes. For now, your lives are joined to the Lord. You are the living proof. Yes. The certificate of my apostle. Yes. So, to those who want to continually criticize my apostolic ministry, mm-hmm. here's my statement of the mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't we apostles have the right to be supported financially? Don't we have the right to be supported financially from the church money? Continue. Don't 
Do we have the right to travel? Do we have the right to travel or expense free? Play trip all over the world? And go around with our wives? Under church, church budget? Continue. And be supported as a couple? Yes, supported as a couple. The past, wait. <laughs> Don't we have rights? Daddy Gio and Mommy Gio? We go to Canada for retreats to seek the face of God. The face of God has left Nigeria. We have to, we have to go and look at him very far. You know, do we have rights under the church budget? If anybody doubts my apostleship, are you not proofs of my apostleship? Are you, you, are you not proofs that God called me? Paul said that. He said, don't I have a right to pick up my wife? Continue. He said something. As the other people are doing. Such as Peter. Such as Peter. Wait. Peter the rock. (laughs) (laughs) Traveling everywhere with church money. Don't we have rights to go from that meeting to that conference to the seminar to go to those places and enjoy life, you know, and just take out some time to see God's face? Like other people are doing. Don't we have right? Continue. What does it say? And the Lord's brother. And the Lord's brother. That's James. James. Of, of course we do. Of course we do. Or is he only Barnabas? Is he only Barnabas? Right. And me. Who have no right. Who must suffer? Is he only us? Because Paul was making tents. Paul was doing business aside to sponsor his ministry. He says, it's only me and Barnabas that must suffer. Continue. In the military, at his own expense. What do you see in this world that is serving in the military, except Nigerian army, that is serving the military at his own expense? Who? Continue. Who plants a vineyard? Who plants a vineyard? And does not enjoy out of it. Continue. Who will nurture and shepherd the flock? Who will nurture and shepherd the flock? And does not get something from it? Am I merely giving you my own opinion? Am I just giving my opinion? He said, even the Bible says it. Continue. For it is written, in it the is written book, yes. You should never put a muzzle Continue. over the mouth of the of ox. Yes. While he is treading out. So, so it's quoting a scripture that guarantees his stand and his right. Continue. Tell me. Tell me. Is God not talking about oxen here? Is, is he talking about oxen? Doesn't he give us Does he not give us these principles? So that we don't withhold support from the workers of God. Continue. It was written. It was written. So that we would understand that the one spiritually plowing. Yes. And spiritually treading out grain. Yes. Also labors with the expectations of enjoying the harvest. He's laboring with expectation to enjoy what's laboring for. Continue. So if we have sowed many spiritual things. If I sowed spiritual things to yes. Among you. Among you. Is it too much to ask people to send me to UK and Dubai? Is it too much, Sammy? Every day, every day, preaching, teaching, concert, is it too much? Continue. And if you have supported others, if you have supported others, don't we rightly deserve this privilege? Yes. But as you know, as you know, we have not used that right. Instead, we have supported ourselves so that we will never be an entrance to the spread of the gospel of Christ. So you see, Paul puts himself under a necessary burden. Why? He loved the people. He had rights. He had rights. But the life of the other person, the growth of that person is more important to him than his benefits. You see, selfishness is the greatest enemy of love. This is my heir. This is my heir. I like it the way it is. 
It's my hair. Number one is my head. I can dye it to blue. I can dye it to blue. It's my hair. If you're not okay, if you're not you're lucky, you go. This is our church. We know we not force you. We're going to use hook to carry from your house. I can dye it to yellow. After all, the Lord is a manifold of wisdom and colors. I can say one color today, the other color tomorrow. I can do anything I like. I can remove these shirts. I've said, after all, we were naked in this garden. <laughs> Show my shirts to the world. I can do that. It's my body. It's my body and I can do whatever I like. It's my body. So I can do that. Isn't that? I have rights. I have rights. But love would deny me of my rights. The Bible says, we have not used that right. Why? Because of the brethren. So I have a comb in my, in my car. If I see a person I want to preach to, and this my air can stop him, I'll comb it. No, 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 no. Now, 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 now. You'll be shocked by the time you see me. Some people have seen me in town before they see me with my air comb. They say, ah, Pastor, what happened? I say, comb it. It's my air. I can pop molo. <laughs> now, I could do anything I want, but I would put the faith of the other person in question to be able to help them. There are churches I go to preach that I comb my hair. There are churches I, can, I go to preach. I can't just like this. They can't call me to Equa now. <laughs> and I say, I don't care. As far as I'm concerned, I have to even let them know that this thing does not matter. The Bible says love edifies. Knowledge puffs up. So I am, I, am, I, am, I, am, I am intoxicated by my knowledge. So intoxicated and insensitive to the faith of the other person. It's true. This thing does not matter. But that person thinks it matters. And because of this thing, I'm going to stop you. I've gone to churches before. I, sometimes I've gone to preach in three places. I have different clothes. Native in my boot. Under shirts. Under kind of clothes. Because I'm preaching to different audience. Is this scriptural? Yes. Paul says to the Jew, I became. To the Rome, I became. He says to the weak, I became weak. To every man, I became everything that I may save them. It was everything. Paul was so flexible. He could be anything. I've gone to Celestial Church before. I removed my shoes. I entered. If they tell me, come and preach, I will, I will tie the amure. I will wear that their cap. And I will preach a mighty gospel with it. Who cares? Cloth does not bring us closer to God or farther from him. I was invited to a Catholic church. If you say I was gentle, Holy Mary, pray for us. Bless you, brother. If they should give me the mic, <laughs> if they should try it, they'll be shocked. I will boom, 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 fire, makatalaba, They'll be shocked. I'm able to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. In Catholic. But I would have gone there. Holy communion. Baptize me. Psh, psh. Everything. I can't even go with my rosary. I'm everything to everybody that I may save them. So do I have a right? I have a right to tattoo my body. There's no sin in tattooing. If you have tattooing your body, there's no sin. Even God has a tattoo on his body. He tattooed your name on his body. But there are people who think tattoos are sin. I don't flaunt it to them. There's no point with you putting accolades on your knees. You can change yourself if you want to. There's nothing wrong with us. This. But there are people who think there's something wrong with it. <laughs> For those people, I'm considerate. 
I don't flaunt it to them. I'm telling you. There's nothing wrong in those things. Tattoo, neck chain, leg chain. There's nothing wrong with all those things. There's nothing. Color of your hair. Do you know that your spirit doesn't have color? And when you're going to be saved, just, all these things, all these things you're talking about, it's on your body. This flesh will die. Whether you're Holy Ghost spirit or not, it will die. The real thing is there in the spirit. So, but am I going to withhold and stop other people because I have liberty? Am I going to open my breast because I have liberty and not care about the love of the other person? So, with Bible says the love of Christ constrains us. Love of Christ constrains me. Not because I don't have rights, but because God loves me and I love him back. I won't let that person fall. That's love. Not selfish. Bible says I don't insist on my right. First Corinthians 13 verse 5. Love does not insist on his own rights. Love does not insist on his right. I don't. I don't. I don't insist. In my marriage, I wouldn't insist. Even my children told me. I told them I'm special. I told them yesterday, December 15th, that they said, they asked me, say, Mommy, do you have a bed? My, my, meanwhile, my wife's bed is tomorrow. I'm coming back there. And they told me, they said, Pastor, is, uh, my, my wife was asking, Who's your bed mate? Say, Mommy, has a bed mate. I said, I told, they said, I told them I don't have bed mate. They said, Why don't I have bed I said, That God stopped everybody from coming to work that day. They said, Why? I said, Because I'm special. He said, You're not special. Come. You're not special. He said, We have not found your bed mate. That's why. My idea doesn't even rule in my house. I paid the house rent. I paid them, but I don't have even to control the television. No rights. I don't insist on my rights. Ah, I'm the pastor. I'm the boss. Useless. I don't insist. Love is sensitive. Love is considerate. If you have a friend who is touchy about something, maybe part of their life that they're very touchy about, you don't crack jokes with it. Because you are sensitive to their feelings. Love is considerate. It doesn't have to be about you. It doesn't have to be your idea. Allow other people to move ahead. It's not at your expense. Love does not insist on its own. Rise on your feet. Amen. Have you been blessed this morning? I'm sorry I used your time. I was supposed to read verse 5, verse 6, verse 7, verse 8, but we can't go ahead. Trust me. If I try it, William, will not, that 15 minutes will not be enough. So let's just stop here. Let's stop here. Jesus didn't cling to his right. Bible says he let alone his glory. And he died. He died the death of the cross. When last did you die? Die to your ambition. Die to your, your intentions. When last did you die? To your desires. When last did you let someone else's idea run? I'm very opinionated. Insist that it's not me. But I have to learn. I'm not the smartest person. I'm not the center of the universe. I'm not the most important person. Other people are also smart. And give them room to be smart. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, help me. Help me to grow in love. Help me to grow in love. If this issue of selfishness is totally dealt with, then there will be no issue about love in our lives anymore. We'd walk in it easily. Krando shebrati lebrakata shadabahaya. Rekada labaka zibrendele bousiata shakta bababahaya. Mekadele boko kubolu kubolu kuta shinana manda haya. Reka baba baba baba. Baptize me afresh with your love. Let me be able to walk in your love. Break the grip of pride from my heart. 
break the grip of pride from my heart. Break the grip. Help me, Lord, to be humble, to accept where you've placed me, to walk in the reality of your calling for me. Hey, 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 Lord, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it today. I receive it. The spirit of love anew. The spirit of love afresh. Pray just two more minutes. Just pray two more minutes. Makata shibrandelebaha. Ikata shika mambo koto. Mamba da baba da baba da baba. Hakatine ne bangtaya. Eko kumbalu 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 kutaya. Ikande shika baba baya baha. Lord help me. Ikaka baba bashine ne 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 ta. Ikoko borodu suba babrosuta. Ikete lega dega. I can't get any anatasha. I can't baba da shada baba da yabada. I can't mamba boko subabati. I get a leg at the head and a precious name I feel led to do this this morning I want you to put your hands on your chest if you have anybody who has offended you anybody who has offended you who you have held on if you've been raped you've gone through pain you've gone through terrible torments in your life and you know who's responsible you've held the person for all these years your heart is beat I want you to pray this morning and say Lord I forgive Lord I forgive that person that blackmailed you, that person that turned your back against your friends, the person that blackmailed, spoke about you among your colleagues, that person that slandered you to your boss, caused you to lose your job, caused you to lose an opportunity today. I want you to pray and say, Lord, I forgive. I forgive. Yes, 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 yes. You have to forgive. The Bible says we have the grace to forgive like he forgives. It says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Lord, I forgive. Lord, I forgive. Lord, I forgive. Mambo koshe bradele bahaya. Makasataya. Shakabababababoko sotele badaya. Lord, from my heart. From my heart. Yes, I want you to do that. I want you to. I'm going to give you one more minute. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, this morning you are letting go. You are letting go of every offense, of every offense today, every offense. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message. Meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.